The Alex Rep Fishing Podcast is powered by X2 Batteries. If you demand the most out of your battery, whether it's lithium or AGM, whether you're in a kayak or a boat, you need to check out X2 Power Batteries, making the best batteries in the business and keeping up with all the demands that us as anglers have while we're out on the water. Go to x2powerbatteries.com to check out the full battery selection. Yeah, baby. Wonder if all my bad decisions get accounted in the algorithms. No statistician could dissuade me from my bigger vision. I know my occupation's quite an unlikely place in this world to occupy and talk about upon a daily basis. Our information's predetermined by some biased business. We all insermit the silicon that push up lovely neighbors. I'm done with paper chasing, think I'm on the bigger banquets. It's that full circle. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. I forgot to hit record on my soundboard. So see, you get a double, ladies and gentlemen, on the uh, live, but not on the podcast. But I did hit record on my soundboard, so that means that you do get a podcast out of this. But ladies and gentlemen, here we are. And better yet, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures from this world and or others. Welcome to the Alex Red Fishing Podcast. Here we are, the only podcast worth listening to that is sponsored and powered by X2 Power Batteries. There is another one that exists out there, and this guy named Bailey hosts it, but I wouldn't listen to that podcast. I would only listen to this one and or the Pelican Bone Outdoors podcast. I would listen to that one. Yeah, um, right. But but the serious angler one hosted by Bailey, I definitely would not listen to that one. But here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're here tonight. I got my buddy Vinny with me from Pelican Bone Outdoors YouTube channel. Vinny, how you doing, bud? All right, brother. What's going on, man? Oh, you know, dude. Just just doing Losing my thing. <laughs> yeah, man, dude. I got a story for y'all. I mean, it really has been. We gave it hell yesterday. Let's just put it that way. Me, John, and Josh. John from Creek Fishing Adventures. Josh from Bass and Beer. We went on one hell of an adventure. We'll just put it that way. I mean, one hell of an adventure because we went, found this little creek up in the mountains. I had kind of been eyeballing it for a while, and I called the only two people I knew that were crazy enough to go do it with me. It was a four-mile float. Four miles. That's all it was. Not that far. I mean, I've done six, seven, ten, twenty before. It was a four-mile float. It took us seven and a half hours to go four miles. So you got to imagine, guys, like freaking rapids that could swallow a truck, rocks as big as my truck. We are like running like kayak trains holding on to handles and holding kayaks, letting kayaks go down rapids, slipping on rocks, everything. I flipped my kayak. I lost my phone. I roasted two GoPros. Josh ended up breaking three rods. John broke a piece off of his kayak. I mean, it was literally the single stupidest thing that we have probably ever tried to do in kayaks. And by the time we got done, we were absolutely exhausted and so today i spent all day running back and forth here in the great city of knoxville trying to get my new phone and all the crap onto my phone and all that kind of stuff and yeah here we are we're here with Vinny. we're Sounds doing a like friday a night time. live we're about to we're about to send it i mean it's we're about to get after this is going to be a fun underrated overrated because the topics are just i think we have i'll be honest with everybody here we have two fishing topics and the rest of it is just literally the the epitome of what the Alex Red Fishing Podcast actually is, <laughs> which is just us BSing, and just chasing rabbits and BSing about a bunch of stuff. But 
I do have to five. I do have to give a shout out to everybody that's already in the uh, comment section over here. It is lighting up. I see somebody from Napa, California. Welcome, YouTube user from Napa, California. How you guys doing? I see Brown Bait Co's over here. Hope you guys are good. Chris Mitchell, I hope you are good as well. And uh, it's just a few that I see right off the top. Ron Gomer, he wants a bye-bye. So there you go. You get one of those as well. And then I see an oldie but a goodie, the Rud Rats. I forgot all about that, to be totally honest with you. I was supposed to make the T-shirts and everything. But knowing me and my ADHD brain, that did not work. And so we're here. But anyway. Speaking of Bobby. Vinny, you never told me how you were. I mean, you asked me about me, and then I talked about me some more. How are you doing? What's it new in your world? I'm all right. I've been uh, I've been trying to get a video done, and uh, things. You know when things just don't work out, yeah. and yeah. Well, all right. The premise behind the video: I want to go bow fish a carp, mm-hmm. and then toss it out there and catch a gigantic alligator gar on it. Okay. I've spent the last two and a half days trying to bow fish a daggum carp and I just can't do it to save my life. <laughs> it's like any like, other time. I haven't even got to the garfish yeah, yet. Yeah, there, any other time there would be hundreds of carp around well, and you could go smoke is, one. The problem is they're not, they're not, not there. I, I can see them but the, the, the drainage canal that I'm, I'm in is just so muddy and cloudy right now Yeah, that I, I can only see their fins every now and then they'll flash mm-hmm. and I can see a little mud cloud come up and I know they're there. So I'm shooting kind of blind, not to mention I suck at shooting the boat to begin with. Yeah. And it's just one thing after another. So tomorrow I'm going back out, but I'm freaking bringing bait in case I don't catch, I don't shoot a carp because I'm, I'm getting a garfish tomorrow. All right. I mean, and I know there's some monsters out there. I, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> well, that sounds fun though. I've never, I didn't know number one, there was alligator gar in Louisiana. And number oh, two, yeah. the first time I ever saw an alligator gar, I thought it was an alligator. It come up next to my kayak and it was enormous. And I about pooped myself because of how yeah. big it was. And like, you don't really realize how big they are. Like you see them in tanks and like at you know the zoo or in an aquarium, you think, oh, that's a big fish. But then when you see one on the water and it swims up next to your kayak and it's as long yeah. as your kayak, you're like, <laughs> when they do it, when they do a three sixty by your kayak and you feel your whole kayak rock yeah. like a big old wave, that you know, you yeah. know he's, you know he's there. Yeah, yeah, it's so. those are. They're interesting animals to say. I mean, they're dinosaurs. Dude. They're dinosaurs. They're, they're dinosaurs. Forever. Yeah, that's crazy. I want to catch that. I want to catch one of those. Uh, was the coelacanth? Is that? How, is that? I have no idea. What yeah, you're the coelacanth. It's like the oldest fish. They thought they were thought to be extinct for like fifty thousand years, and then some like diver found one one time, and now they just know that they still exist. It's like the most like I don't know primitive form of fish that you can imagine. But yeah, the I, biggest the biggest question is, are they delicious? I'm sure you know because me and you are both the same way. We're the kind of dude that goes to a zoo or an aquarium and we go. I wonder what that tastes like. Because garfish is good. There's there's many things you can do with a garfish. I have had gar balls. Not their testicles, but like, you know, meat. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. fried gar balls. Yeah. Yeah, I tried to make them uh, for the first time in one of my previous videos. It didn't, uh, the flavor was delicious, but the consistency wasn't wasn't right. And I got a few comments telling me what I did wrong. So. Oh, well, I'll I mean, again. you'll, you'll always get comments of what you do wrong. I love hey, you. I love it. Listen, I love it. I love all 50 people yeah, that are right. in here listening to this right now, but I know you all come to watch me fail. That's a joke. I know not all of you come to watch me fail, but there are some people who do, and they will definitely tell me when I do something wrong, which <laughs> is just, it's just good stuff. But beaver tastes delicious. Brown Bay Company. Beaver does taste delicious. All right. So on that note, let's, uh, 
Let's get after this thing just a little bit. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. That's what this feels like tonight. All right, so underrated, overrated. For you guys that have never heard one before, if you're new to the podcast, new to the live stream, underrated, overrated is an idea that I got from Mr. Gary V himself. He makes a video series called Overrated, Underrated, where he overrates and underrates a bunch of topics. So I took that, and I, uh, I guess you would say that I knocked it off. I knocked it off and I made my own series on this podcast that I co-overrated underrated where I bring people on like Vinny and we rate different topics. So that's what we're about to do. And essentially, um, this is, again, the epitome of what Alex Refishing is. It's just one giant rabbit hole. All right. Underrated, overrated iPhones. Vinny, go first. Oh, hmm. So I'm going to have to say probably, oh, man. My wife asked if I've seen the dog bowl. I said, I never knew he did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a good one. All right, you were taking too long. Go ahead. Uh, I think, like, overrated, but... In general, maybe, but compared to Android, I prefer Apple. That makes sense. Okay. So overrated just because all of the hype that goes into these phones, especially when they get uh, released and whatnot, Mm. and they really just release the same phone every year and just change like one thing. Yeah. I think they're definitely overrated in that aspect. And, uh, but I like the simplicity of it compared to an Android. Like I've never, I don't really have the same issues I have with iPhone that I did with Android. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting. I'm going, I'm going underrated for the simple fact that I'm a creator and and it being that the way that it seamlessly interfaces with my Mac, because I, I do run Mac and I edit on Mac and I edit in final cut pro all I have to do is if I film something on my phone, which I can film in 4K and I can use cinematic mode and it's damn near as good as my, my DSLR now with this new iPhone that I've got. I got the new 14 Pro Max, the big bad one. The camera is phenomenal. And the fact that I can just airdrop literally 4K files straight into my computer and then edit them, to me, that's completely underrated. Um, the hype is, though, the hype is overrated. Like, that's the one thing that kind of annoys me about iPhone is like every year they release a new iPhone and it's like, here's the same exact thing you bought last year, except for like the haptic feedback touch sensor is, you know, one one hundredth better than it was the year before. Like I'm ready for some like big leaps and bounds in iPhone where it's like, hey, you know, if you are going to buy the big bad iPhone, like you get all this crazy tech that comes with it. But I think for me, I mean, you know, there's going to be people, it's like Android this, Android that. I used to have a Pixel, and I had a Pixel for the simple fact that the camera was at that time better than the iPhone, and yeah. now the iPhone camera's better than the Pixel. It's just what it is. I mean, like the Dolby sound, it's got Dolby sound in it. It's got the 4K in the cinematic mode. I mean, it's just 4K 120 on a phone is, is kind of crazy. So that's that's my kind of stance on it. But you are right. They are a little, and they're expensive. I mean, yeah, a brand new iPhone's expensive. what twelve hundred bucks? Yeah, it's it's outrageous. But I mean, now that you bring up the creator part, yeah, I'm gonna have to try and agree with that because I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking of the phone. But yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I know creators who don't even have a camera; they just everything on their cell phone, and it looks amazing. 
And to be honest with you, my, my iPhone films better in low light than my Sony does. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another thing for me is like anything within the OS, like Mac OS, Apple OS, the whole Apple kind of family of products is number one, they're insanely like the longevity of the product is insane. I mean, I, Bethany is working on a MacBook Pro that is going on hell eight years old now and she's got a macbook air that's probably 15 years old now and you can turn the thing on and you can use it i mean you know what i do with it which is is extreme you know editing 4k footage you know working with hundreds upon hundreds of gigabytes of you know footage at one time super high bit rates because i run my gopros at high bit rates i run my DSLR at the highest bit rate I can. I run an iPhone at the highest bit rate that I can. It's amazing to me that I can throw in a project on my Mac and just like it renders it out in, in Final Cut and I'm like working on it. And so yep. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't like PCs though. I've never been, I had PCs. Adobe sucks to edit on. I hate to edit on there. There's no good way to manage footage on a PC like there is on a Mac. And I don't know. I just, for me, Mac's always been superior. So I like PC when I was gaming, but that's a, past life so yeah but i my i had a, a macbook that was 2012 and i got this new one because that one couldn't do what i needed it to do as far as editing goes so my church is using it now i mean it's still still functional yeah i'm going with i'm going with what jonathan says i'm going all the way back to the razor flip phone hmm. Little razor action. That's what I'm gonna. I'm Nothing gonna, was better than my Nextel, my Motorola Nextel. Oh, uh, with the little walkie-talkie on the side. Yeah. See, I can do that with my watch now, and I love it because I can like be in the back of the house and be like, "Hey, Bethany, I need some chocolate chip cookies." And like, she's so hungry. the reason that that phone was so great. Well, one, it was indestructible. I mean, I I would sling that thing in a brick wall just to show people that you couldn't break it. But after Hurricane Katrina, uh, I evacuated to Houston. I think I did, and uh, my dad was a cop down here so he couldn't leave mm. the only communications that were still up were those next steps that's crazy no cell phone communication i couldn't get in touch with him any other way so that was the only way i can keep up with my dad and make sure he was still okay because you know all hell broke loose around this area you know that's probably something i need to invest into is a good old-fashioned like set of like long-range walkie-talkies because they can't be that expensive no i got a vhf radio that i got from academy um that I always keep with me when I'm in my boat. I need to start putting it in my kayak too. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I went out with Heath, he had two of them. We had each had one in the kayak, which yeah. was awesome because we can communicate. We got separated. Plus it's VHF. If you get in the bond. You can- yep. Well, see, I used to do that in tournaments and then they banned communication on the water in tournaments, which yeah. is stupid. Like, because like, it's great for an emergency. You know, I keep right. them. I keep them just because I'm an emergency. Like if something were to go bad wrong, I know someone else has got my other walkie talkie and I can go, Hey, <laughs> I need help. I mean, because it's just like yesterday, the place that we were in yesterday, there was no cell phone signal. Like, zero, none, nada. Like, you're, if it goes south, you're screwed. Like, and so having a, a walkie talkie, probably there's a rabbit hole. Somebody's got the rabbit hole counter going, ding, there's one. It'd probably be something good to have on the kayak or the boat with you. It's a little walkie talkie. I'm actually going to look at that tonight when I lay down in bed. Well, a VHF. Uh, well, mine does VHF and like the regular two way, like, Family radios, but it's like super, you know, it's high powered. It's potent. Distance. A little potent yeah. radio. I love action. that thing. Especially because I got CETO down here. I'm, y'all probably don't have that there, but CETO is a, it's basically AAA for the water. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. I got towed in once before. Tow a boat. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. They'll come bring you gas if you run out. They'll yeah. come get you unstuck, all that good stuff. And I can hail them on uh, VHF if I don't have 
phone signal. All right. So, uh, Ron Gomer, you are now officially rabbit hole counter. Um, that is rabbit hole number one, and we're going to keep going. All right. Underrated, overrated, the new Old Town EPDL Plus. I go first. You go first. I would have have to. I would have had to have tested it to give you the most accurate answer. But the most accurate answer I could give is I like the concept. I do mm-hmm. like the idea mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the electric assist, and it's still full power, right? If you just hit the button, you can mm-hmm. stop pedaling and go. Mm-hmm. Is there a charger? Like if you're mm-hmm. see, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. I think if if you can pedal, so I'm going to go with overrated just for that. Yeah. Because if you could pedal to charge, mm-hmm. or if it charged while you pedal to get a little bit more life out of it, yep. then then it would make more sense. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I'm going to get a motor, then give me a motor. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to get a pedal, then give me a pedal. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to give me both, then let you know, let me charge it up. What did you think about the hull of the kayak? Like when you look at that, the design of the hull. And you've never had experience with Old Town. So for me, I knew that that was a predator, which they're not calling the Big Water, which I don't like that they take kayaks and just use the same hole and just rename them. Wait, but it's the same as a predator? It's the same like exact thing. They didn't change anything? They, apparently, they reshaped the back end just a little bit to accommodate bigger black packs. But outside of that, there's no difference between that and the predator hole. Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never I've never tried the Predator Hall though, so I don't know if it's. I mean, is it any good? Or? Yeah, it's fast. It's fast. There's not much room in it at all, and it's kind of tippy. To be totally honest with you, I mean, you can stand up in it. You're not going to tip it over easy, but it's definitely a kayak that would throw you, um, throw you to the point that I knew a guy who had a sticker on the side of his Predator that said, "If you can read this, flip me back over." So that's <laughs> that shows you how tippy it was. Um. Yeah, man, I'm going overrated. I mean, I, I, lo- I love the concept. I think the concept of the EPDL drive is the future of where we're going with kayaks. Because especially with like a tournament kayak or, or something like that, because, you know, we all want motors. You know, we all want that ability to go point A to point B quickly, and then we don't care to pedal once we get there. But, I mean, if you're going to go two, three, four miles, you're going to really extend your range outside of there. We want the motor. But the problem with the EPDL for me, there's there's three main issues. The first issue is the fact that it doesn't have spot lock. Okay, so if you've got a kayak, and I know that's hard to do. I mean, I know conceptually saying that is a lot easier than actually, like, applying it within the tech but I think we're at the point with tech where we can do something like that, where if you're going to have a $6,000 kayak with an older hull, but this new design and the ability to have a fully motored function, that it, you're going to have to have spot lock. Number two is the fact that it doesn't charge when you pedal it. That, to me, is just weird, because with all this e-bike technology, that's like a very, very prominent feature of e-bike technology is it, it, it charges while you pedal it. And it's got a 36-volt system in it, which is weird, and it only comes with a 20-amp-hour battery. Now, if Romel was here, he would tr- he would explain to you how that, you know, the higher the voltage, the lower you can go with the amperage on the battery and get away with more, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if I remember correctly, they said it's only two hours of runtime at full speed. Which, what? That's not very much. That kind of scares me. You know what I mean? It's not enough at all. And then number three is the fact that they did not redesign 
the dead gym hole around the thing. Like, if you're going to come out with something that stunning, that grand of a, of a leap forward, we'll say, in, in pedal drive technology, how did we not design a brand new hole around that thing? I don't know if that's much of a leap forward, to be honest with you, now that we're talking about it. It kind of sounds like you just slapped a couple things together and called it, I mean, it's a different. I don't know how advanced it is, though. Yeah. If, you don't, if it doesn't charge, it only lasts two hours. I, yeah, I don't. And see, so Stephen Robertson has a question, and and, and and Tackle Talk podcast. Hey, buddy, um, he answered it. If you're not listening to Tackle Talk podcast, you need to. It's it's a lot better than this one. Um, I don't know if it's better. Mine's probably better. I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, so <laughs> he asked, "Do you have to register it because it's electric drive?" I would assume in Louisiana you would, which is weird because it's both. So it can do both. But like at any one point, it can only be one or the other. Well, yeah, but it's still an electric motor on your boat. But dude, how would they ever know? Well, Louisiana is—they like money, so that's I, the whole reason. I'm just, the I'm only just, reason they want you to register is so they can get some money. Out I'm of just it. saying that if look, if you got pulled motors over were on kayaks, yeah, I had uh, my men. Well, no, what even a Minn Kota. It was a Amazon special that I got trolling motor on my uh, a Sin 128T or whatever it was. And I had a big old battery on there, big old lead battery, mm-hmm. deep cycle battery on there with my uh, with my trolling motor. Oh, my God. What did I do? You're good, buddy. I, I can see you. Okay, there we You're go. good. You just keep yeah, talking. so uh, I had my trolling motor on the back, so I'm just sitting there riding like this, mm-hmm. going down in the water. Cruising, they. I was supposed to have it registered, but you know, I'm a rebel. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rebel without a cause. I am. I am. Uh, I'm like Kid Rock. Um, but no. So anyway, I just don't like the fact, like you know, and, and like Gramps said, they worked on it for a few years, and they did say that they've been working on it for years now. I mean, because it's been, golly, what three, four years now since the autopilot came out. But if you're working on the drive. Work on a hole to go around the drive. I would just have loved to seen a redesign yeah. on a hole. I think that they could have done so many cool things, taken so many design aspects from other kayaks and designed something beautiful. Tons of storage, this uh, you know, this pedal drive system, giant tank well and all that. But like someone else said, I've seen it pop up a few minutes ago. I can't see the comment now who it said it. Um, Justin said it. It said he thinks the market's going to be due to go offshore. I don't disagree. I think that this kayak was specifically designed for dudes who go, you know, like out into the ocean and then they troll with baits behind their kayak and they catch like offshore fish. And then at the end of the day, when they're tired, they can just turn that motor on full blast and they can go back to the boat ramp. You know what I mean? And but not with a two hour battery, but I, I guess if, I guess if you're not, if you use the a pedal assist on the way out there, use the pedal assist while you're seeing, I don't know. That's yeah. the whole other thing is like, how long do you really got? So with the pedal assist, so at full power, like full tilt with the thing, when you're going five miles an hour, it says it goes like five miles an hour that you got two hours of runtime. But if you're doing the pedal assist, like how much more do you get out of the pedal assist? And like how, you know, if you're at, you know, say level two pedal assist and you're just, pedaling back and forth on a brake line out in the ocean trying to get some fish to eat and then you turn it up and, and let her eat like then what you know what i mean so 
I don't know. I mean, again, Old Town makes a good kayak. I think it's a bunch of good folks over there. I mean, the autopilot was one of the coolest things in kayak fishing for me because you got spotlight technology in a kayak all built into one for like a $5,000 price point. You could put whatever battery you wanted into it. I wish I wish they'd attack. I, I really, what I think would have been the best, and I think this will probably happen in the future, take that tech, put more storage on that boat, completely redesign the hole not completely redesign the hole but take that hole blow it out more give yourself more room like you have in a hobie or in a nar put a brushless motor in that bad boy and put it where you can put any battery you want to in a 24 volt system and bing bang boom dude you've got essentially the the unbeatable kayak like there's nobody's going to compete with that design here 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 amen all right so that's uh, can't argue with that that's my ted talk thank y'all for coming uh and, and and Chris says he's going with the AP20 next summer. That, that'd probably be a good idea there. But I think I'm going to stick with my NAR for a little while, and you guys will see why here before too It's long. discouraging to hear all this bad stuff about Hobie, man, because I got – you know, I mean, I got the – I say old Hobie. I got – before they came out with the 180 drive, but, man, I love that boat. I got the 180 now. I just bought the 180 because uh, my old one was so beat up. It yeah. It would have cost more money for me to fix everything. Than- yeah, Hobie's going downhill bad, dude. Like – I had a hole in my a hole in my hole. My drive squeaked and popped and did all kinds of crap then until the day that I sold it. My buddy Jacob is now on his second hole and it now has a hole in it in the same exact spot that his other hole had a hole in it and it is now leaking water again. I mean, dude, the, I don't Graham know. Said, Graham said Hobie was sold uh, to a Mexican based company. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was sold. I didn't know That'll explain it. Yeah, I mean, once they sell out, people start cutting corners. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I just know that the for six thousand dollars for the six thousand dollar price point that they want on that plastic boat. Yeah, they're gonna have to. Break. Yeah, they, they're yeah. gonna have to do way better. Like it's gonna yeah. have to be like the Toyota of kayaks, where nothing squeaks, nothing pops, nothing breaks. All you got to do is lube some gears up, and you are going. Like well, that's how it was. But I mean, it wasn't six thousand either when I got mine. Either. Yeah, yeah, and dude, that's the thing is what they're at fifty eight hundred bucks now, and I've heard they're doing another price increase this year. I've heard they're bumping them to six thousand even. Yeah, and see, and that's another thing that Old Town did with this EPDL. They broke the threshold of six thousand dollars for a kayak, so now it's justifiable for everybody else yep. to break the threshold of six thousand dollars for a plastic. That's boat. it. You're not open the gate. Yeah. But yeah, and like Ben said, hey Ben's here. Hi Ben. You want if you want to come on in, Ben, let me know. If anybody wants to come on in, I'll let you in. I don't care. I maybe I don't know. We'll just have to see what it is. I'll send you a damn invite and let you in here and do an underrated overrated with us. But yeah, <laughs> I mean for six thousand bucks you could buy you for six thousand dollars. I don't know if you could buy a used bass boat. I mean maybe you can, but you could definitely buy a boat with a motor on the back of it for six thousand dollars. Yep. So and somebody else can go fishing with you. Uh-huh. All right. So probably won't lose your phone or your keys. Underrated, overrated, alligators as food. As food, you pre- preface this by saying food. Um, probably overrated. I mean, it's good. I do like it. It's exotic, but it's uh, you know, it's good, but it's not like the best thing. I'd rather eat uh, Nutra or Beaver. Well, I don't know. Yeah, probably. Nutra or Beaver. My question is, if God didn't want us to eat meat, 
then why did he make animals out of food? That's right. Or I agree. Yeah. I think that was, yeah. Anyway, I saw that earlier. Yeah. I'm going, um, I'm going a uh, rated, like it's good. I think if you do it right, like, you know, that's a big thing around here in Knoxville. Anytime we play Florida, we eat gator because, you know, it's like Florida gators got to beat the gators. And uh, like fried gator tail is good. That gator you brought to my house that night was terrible. And I don't yeah. know if that was a me thing or if that was a you thing or if it was no, a No, I think thing. it just it just uh, sat uncooked for a little too long. And it was, she was starting to turn. She's starting to turn. She started to get a little rank. A little, she was starting to turn. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, fried that gator up and stuck a piece in my mouth and it was like. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. If you do it right, it's delicious. But it's not that easy to do right. Um, I think and is what it is. Yeah, I've heard they do eat volunteers in Florida. So if you work for the Red Cross and you're in Florida during a uh, Florida game day against the UT Vols, watch out for yourself. They will cannibalize you. It is Florida. I mean, Florida, man, that's how that guy got his face ate off down there was <laughs> some, dude, some dude was volunteering from Tennessee, and they said, get him, and, and it was over before they knew what happened. You there? Yeah. You just got nothing to say about that? No. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know about the dude who got his face off in Florida? Was this a long time ago? Or it's a been, recent no, event? it's been a while. So it's it it like something to do with the bath salts. Yeah, some dude like did bath salts, jumped on the so, dude, okay. and ate his face yeah, off. I do remember that. As a matter of fact, I remember exactly where I was when I heard about it because I was excited because I was thought it's finally here. The zombie apocalypse yeah, has, yeah. has has arrived. I'll be one hundred percent honest. So disappointed to find out it was just bath salts. Does it not excite you the thought of a zombie apocalypse? Yes, except the kind of luck I have, I will be patient zero and I won't get to shoot any of them. That or the kind of luck we have, we'll get runners and not walkers. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want World War Z zombies. No, no, I'm going to no, shoot no. myself no. if there's World War Z zombies. Yeah, so like I'm Walking good. dead zombies, I'm all about it. Yeah, walking dead zombies, 100% good. I mean, all you got to really worry about with that is like, you know. Hordes. Hordes, yeah. But yeah. like the runners from, from the World crowd, War Z, that thing, right. they, they and then it took him what two seconds to turn? No, yeah, I don't, I, I'm good. I, I don't like that. Yeah, if 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 we had if we had the zombie apocalypse and it was walkers and not runners, dude, I would be good. But dude, the, the runner- best the best sign I've ever seen on a, a boat place that sells boats is zombies can't swim by a boat. That was the best advertisement I've ever seen. Yeah, that's true. That's why people go to islands during zombie apocalypses. That's right. Yeah, I got a few picked out. Hey, I'll come down there with you. We'll, we'll shoot nutri and kill zombies all day long. Heck yeah, we won't go hungry. I promise you. <laughs> There's plenty of food down there. The question, is, the question is, is but then wonder if we get like Resident Evil zombies, like where they can turn the dogs. Well, well, those are experiments. So I mean, if the government's doing it, they know telling what they zombified. Oh, I mean, dude, we're about to get into the government here in just a second. That's actually a perfect oh, transition Lord. into <laughs> the government. All right, listen, Careful. everybody, get your tinfoil hats on and stick them on down on your head, real nice and tight, real quick, because we are about to get into one of my favorite topics, and that is UFOs and UAPs, ladies and gentlemen. So underrated, overrated, the whole UFO phenomenon madness that's going on right now. I can tell you this much, UFOs probably don't run on batteries, but I'll tell you what does run on batteries, modern boats and modern kayaks. The more and more we put on our boats and kayaks, the more power that we demand. I mean, you know, when you look at a modern bass boat or a modern kayak, you've got 
motors, you've got screens, you've got fish finders, you've got all these different inputs and outputs and cameras and phone chargers. And I mean, you know, got mega 360, mega live, all of these different things that demand power constantly and they demand a lot of power. And if you're looking to keep up with that demand, you need to check out X2 power batteries, lithium to AGM. They have got you covered and they've got a battery that not only can keep up with that power demand, but it can do it day after day, year after year, hour upon hour upon hour. You know, ever since I switched to X2 power batteries, I've been beyond impressed with just how durable and how long they last when I need them. You know, 13, 14, 15 hours a day, multiple days in a row on the water, whether I'm in my kayak or in my boat, I don't have to worry about those batteries not working. And that's the biggest thing for me with batteries and with electronics. I hate things that don't work. If they didn't work, guess what? I would call X2 and I'd say, hey, listen, I don't want to use these batteries anymore. I'll go find something that works. But these batteries work and they work flawlessly in my boat and in my kayak. And so I have never had to do that. But if I did have to do that, I know that there's a team at Batteries Plus and in the X2 team that are going to be able to help me out to get what I need out on the water and get my boat or my kayak working again. And that's really kind of one of the coolest things about X2 power batteries is they're sold at Batteries Plus all across the nation. So you can walk into a Batteries Plus, you can say, hey, I've got this X2 battery, or I'm looking to buy an X2 battery, and you've got someone in that store that's an expert that's going to be able to help you. And I know a lot of people, when I say that, they're like, well, Alex, they're probably not really experts. Actually, they're very well trained. And I know that because I've helped to train some of those people that work in those stores. I've made some video materials to actually help train people across the nation. And so these guys are getting the information they need to help us anglers when we come and we say, hey, I just got Mega 360 on my boat. Can you help me get an X2 power battery to power that? They have some knowledge of what that is and how to help us. And so that's really, really cool. If you want to check out X2 power batteries, make sure to go to a Batteries Plus near you or go to X2 power powerbatteries.com and if you're in either one of those spots make sure you use the code rudx 2 that will get you 10% off your entire battery purchase again that is rudx 2 r-u-d-d-x the number two and save you 10% off your entire purchase now without further ado one of my favorite topics to get on and to rabbit hole down and that is anything to do with aliens or bigfoot or the pyramids or anything with crypto anything so have fun with this one so i don't even know all of what's going on other than what you told me um i know uh there are things going about but um you want me to give you a brief synopsis yeah let, let's, let's just let's just just lay it down lay it out real quick all right so for you guys that do not know the uh congressman from tennessee mr tim burchett used to be our mayor here in knoxville fantastic man um, called together a congressional hearing with three different uh, former military members, veterans of the military, who all experienced uh, UFO phenomena or UAP phenomena, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and in that congressional hearing, they uh, pretty much said that the United States government is in possession of non-human organic material that is not from this world and is also in possession of non-human unorganic craft not of this world and uh, pretty much confirmed that the UFOs are, are real. Now, that being said, 
you know, those dudes could be making that up. And and I, here's my deal. I, I believe in Bigfoot 100%. But just like with Bigfoot, you're going to have to show me a body for me to be 100% convinced that it is real. And so, yeah, but that's what's going on. I mean, the, essentially, the U.S. government is acknowledging, we'll say, that aliens are real. They've been here. We've known about them since the 30s. And that we're in possession of not only organic material, but also craft as well. So that's where we're at. So now, underrated, overrated, the whole UFO phenomenon. Overrated. overrated. Then you got to explain yourself. Oh, I will. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Uh, I see a couple of people said in the comments, distraction. And that's kind of, that's what I brought up on my, when we were talking about my podcast. I think that's a, a very good possibility. So I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. I love talking about it. Mm-hmm. Do I believe in them all? But it is, I, I like to add my own conspiracy theory that they are throwing away, throwing out all of these uh, conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. We're getting, and they're just feeding them and feeding them to where the conspiracy theory to me is you do all of these conspiracy theories to where most people don't give it any justice or, you know, give it any merit. Mm-hmm. So now they can do whatever they want, whenever they want, mm-hmm. and we'll just not believe it because it's a conspiracy theory while they're really doing it or vice versa. So there's just so much misinformation, so much crap going on that I don't put much weight in any of it. I, I just go fishing. I, I go to the swamp, to the marsh, down the bayou, and I uh, kill and eat things. And I'm, I'm happy. So my, what does what your existential mind do with it, though? Because I know you've thought about it. You've got to have thought about it for just a second. Like, like, like. So if it is real. Yes. What am, what am I, what do I think about it? Yeah. I think we're, uh, so two things. If aliens are real, one of two things are going to happen. Okay. One, they're going to come down here or if they have come down here, they're going to be like, wow, this is a highly undeveloped species. They're killing each other. We don't really need to mess with this. Let's just get out of here. Mm-hmm. Two is they're going to look at us like we do a cockroach that is invading your house or an ant pile that, all right, we want this spot in the yard. But this ant pile is uh, occupying it. So I'm going to pour a bunch of gasoline on it, kill the ants, and then now I have this yard. So that's kind of how I see it. Mm. If they're advanced enough to come all the way over here and we haven't even been able to see a planet that they're from, they're just going to squash us like a bunch of cockroaches and take whatever they want. Yeah, so here we go. My rating of the whole situation, I believe that the government, the government's uh, involvement and obsession with and the media's focus on the whole situation is highly overrated. I think that this is a distraction. But here's the deal. I don't believe that it's a distraction from the things that are going on else in the world. I think that we are dealing with a Manhattan Project level cover-up of things that we have made. I think that all of these craft and all of these things that we have made are 100% of this Earth. And the reason that I say that is just what Vinny just said. If aliens are real and they really can bend space-time and travel through space-time and they can make it to this planet, they just squash us like a bunch of bugs. 
that or they're, you know, you know, a higher being that's more peaceful than we are, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that. I believe that if, if they could come here and they could do it, they'd kill us all. I believe what we're dealing with, I believe that the day that they split the atom for the first time, so when they tested the atomic bomb for the first time, when they figured out the physics of splitting an atom, that they changed the trajectory of history forever. And in that moment, they learned more about space-time and physics and the things that we could do with gravity and all of those things far beyond anything that we could comprehend or understand. And I think that's why you see this giant leap in technology from that moment to where we're at now and why they say that's when the aliens came. It's not when the aliens came. It's when we discovered how to do all this crap. And so I think that we're dealing with a Manhattan Project-level cover-up um, to the locks that we've not seen since the Manhattan Project. And, and a lot of people will go, no, they can't do that. No, that's not possible. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, just like with the Manhattan Project, Truman didn't even know that we had the atomic bomb until FDR died. <laughs> okay, think about that. The vice president of the United States, the most powerful country in the world at wartime, did not even know that we had the tool that was the atomic bomb until after he died. I didn't know that. That's wild. And so... What, te- what what makes you think that the U.S. government can't do the same thing today with technologies that where we could bend space-time, where we could travel through space? I mean, I think that we're already in deep space. I think that we're already an interstellar race of people. And, and I say – so let me say this. I think we're already interstellar, but I believe these these organic things that we're seeing, I think that we've been able to plug a higher level of AI technology into an organic-based um, – a droid android at this point and we're sending them out into space to explore i think the big question in all of this is if aliens are real can we eat them and how do they taste hell yeah i'd try to eat an alien absolutely dude i would i would turn an alien's head into a canoe with my damn shotgun and i'd eat him if people don't understand this little tony sashers makes everything taste better there you go. Put a little Creole Cajun seasoning. Yeah, so I don't know, man. I mean, I think you're right about the alien thing. I mean, like, if, if they're here, we would be goners. We'd be done. Um, I believe we're dealing with human-made technology. I think it's a Manhattan-level cover-up. Cover I mean, you really go listen to that congressional hearing the other day, and, I mean, essentially it was, I can't speak about that in public. I can't speak about that in public. I can't speak about that in public. And I think that what we're seeing is a Manhattan-level project cover up but we're dealing in a modern age where people make podcasts where people have youtube channels where people have instagrams and this information unlike back then when there was nothing that excuse me again that you it just gets out now and i want you to think rabbit hole i want you to think about this for just a second how the hell did we build the tva dams in the 30s i mean really think about it it's weird like, how did we do those things that long ago? And now we can't even fix potholes in the roads. When was the Hoover Dam built? It just had to be in the 30s. I mean, they were all built in the 30s. I mean, hold on, let's see. Hoover Dam built when? Hoover Dam was built, yeah, April 20th, 1931. And then it was completed wow. in 1935. I mean, dude, just think. Okay, so first of all, it took four years to build the Hoover Dam, and we did it in the 30s. They had no cell phones, no internet, no TV. They barely had phones that worked. Well, because because people, like, once we got all of that, we got dependent on it. 
you had people. So for one, you had people who de- their lives were dedicated to learning things like like even before that. Like let's go to let's go to Egypt. I mean, when they're building pyramids, oh. you got people who's who. No, okay, well let's don't not even go to get Egypt. me started on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's not go that far. But you got whole people who you know they would dedicate their lives to a trade. Now we're so distracted that people don't dedicate their entire life to a thing. They, you know, okay, this is my job, but now I'm going to play on my cell phone. Now I'm going to use this computer or whatever. I mean, I, I just think it's different because once we got the technology, we became dependent on it and distracted by it. When we were, we were a lot more capable than you, you know, that we tend to give people credit for because they never had it. I just want to know, could we do a project of that magnitude today in the same quickness that we did the project then? Well, no, there's too much red tape and bureaucratic BS. Yeah, yeah. And so, see, is that the thing? Was it just a time when it was, we were, we were, I mean, because, you know, the TVA project was part of the, the New Deal and is what was brought us out of the Great Depression. And it was FDR's plan to build these dams, to bring electricity to the East Tennessee Valley. But the underlying issue and the underlying plan was to power the Manhattan Project in Oak Ridge so that they could build the bomb and, you know, everything that they did there. But, I don't know. It's just so. Mm. That's another thing too. Uh, where to go? Wrong. How do you say that? Wrong Gomer. Wrong Gomer. Uh, yeah, they didn't have all the safety stuff, which is you know, Google people oh, died. That's and, true. Uh, that's they didn't true. have the safety. He said there's no yeah. bidding in unions. Yep. I mean that's something that slows everything down too. And then we didn't have that many branches of the government back then. We yeah. we add a new one every year, you know, yeah. so they can justify the increase in taxes. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just a, a different world back then. Yeah, it's just weird, man. It's just weird to think, like in the in the thirties, we built dams and big dams, like these giant monolithic concrete structures that hold back billions of gallons of water. Well, that was part of the Greatest Generation too. So, oh, dude, yeah, and don't even get me, like that's a whole nother thing because I do want to go to pyramids for just a minute. That's a whole nother thing, dude. That generation of people really was the Greatest Generation. I mean, they fought the Nazis, they fought imperialistic japan they built dams they i mean dude they just it almost makes me a little like teary no joke like i get a little like tight in the chest and a little teary eyed just thinking about like how american and patriotic those people were like the things that they did you know what i mean yep all right pyramids then we gotta go we gotta keep going but pyramids so you want to know my theory on the pyramids i'm gonna throw this one out there i think they moved them with sound what is okay. going on? There's like somebody like cr- shooting like right outside my house. Probably oh, shooting those coyotes, stealing chickens. Oh, I'm just one second. I'll be right back, folks. Vinny, start talking. Yeah, I don't know about uh, what he's talking about with pyramids and sounds and stuff. But anybody want to say anything about Alex while he's not here? I'm, I'm uh, all about that. What happens if he doesn't come back? What if, is he going to get shot? Let me read some comments. Does anybody else believe pyramids are moved by sound? Alex ate an entire 25-inch pizza at iCast. I believe it. I believe that. All right, I'm back. I'm sorry. Good. Everybody left because I was left here. That's by fine. Yeah, just you can leave. Whatever you want to do. I'm talk. not really sure. 
what was going on just then? It sounded like somebody uh, somebody was just like popping off shots outside my house. I don't know what that was. That was like, well, you're in redneck country, probably shooting at the alien. Yeah, dude, no kidding. They probably, I probably set somebody off. There's probably somebody watching the live streams. Like, damn aliens are outside. <laughs> Get, get. Actually, it's probably the feds listening in on this, and they're like, oh, no, he knows too much. Hey, dude, listen, it wouldn't surprise me, all right? They know I know too much. Anyway, pyramids, all right? So I believe they built the pyramids with sound. you just, just going to leave that dangling right there? Yeah. Gonna- yep. So the reason I say that is I've, I've, I've read some things about the pyramids and looked at the pyramids. The pyramids actually emit a frequency. And they're built in a way that emits a, a frequency. So, like, when you're inside the pyramids, you can hear the pyramids. They, like, almost hum. And it's because of the shape in which they were built and the geometry in which they used to build them create a resonance. And I believe that they move those stones with sound. And so I've seen videos, like, where dudes would take, like, a didgeridoo or some other, like, you know, acoustic style, not acoustic instrument, but an, like a, like an instrument that moves air through it. And they can pick up, I mean, like, you get four or five didgeridoos going at one time, and you can pick up things like large stones off the ground with them. And so I believe that they used sound to build the pyramids. Interesting. Has anyone tested this theory besides mm-hmm. those guys with it? Diddly do or whatever you're talking yes. about. Yeah, there's been some dudes who have tested. There's also dudes that's who real, is that a real word? A didgeridoo? didgeridoo? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's an Australian instrument, but yeah, it's a didgeridoo. Um, but then, uh, and then I've also seen some dudes that were talking about like water and sand, and then I saw another dude that was talking about like sand, like that they just use giant like amounts of sand to move things. I don't know. I mean, dude, the pyramids. That is beyond freaking fascinating to me. All right, like oh, me too. But I, I, I don't think aliens built it, or there was. I don't think there was this uh, other technology. That's yeah. I just think again, we underestimate humans' capabilities, especially back then when they were in tune to different stuff. That and I, I don't disagree with that. I think that when you have a civilization who whose entire existence is is consumed with building giant structures guess what they do they They build build giant giant structures i mean like you know pharaohs thought they were gods and so if if these pharaohs are in control of thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of people and all they can do is i mean they don't they don't have jobs they don't do i mean like you know he goes you know i've got some dudes farming i've got some dudes hunting and fishing we've got plenty of water here in the nile river I'm going to task the rest of my 15,000 people I'm in control of here to build these giant structures, then, yeah, they could do it. And or giants did it, and or slaves did it, and or... Dude, I don't know. I mean, the theories go... Listen, I can go down a rabbit hole in five quarters with this stuff. We're not going to tonight. That's a whole different podcast. We will be here for six hours if I do that. But I'm just telling you... I got time. Pyramids. I'm going. I'm, the only thing I'm doing is going to the uh, canal and not catch garfish. Uh, well, you know. Why do you call them garfish? That's kind of saying like a dog canine. What do you want to call them, alligator? Just gar? It's a gar. I don't know. I just always called them garfish. I mean, it's like saying a shih tzu I dog. Look it up. Oh, Damn shih tzu dog, man. It's a chihuahua dog. It's a it's a poodle dog. Oh, yeah, gar. Garfish. <laughs> garfish. Well, I could be talking about cigars, you know, so I guess... Seagar. I'm going to go smoke a cigar while I go catch a garfish. Cigar or a fish or garfish. All right. Underrated, overrated, 
mowing grass. All right. So before I moved into this house, I would say cutting grass is highly overrated. But now I have a riding lawnmower, and I wish I had more grass to cut. Dude, I love mowing my grass. I got a zero turn, and it is fantastic. I cut my neighbor's yard the other day just because I didn't want to stop after I cut mine. Now Bethany's saying there's people driving around yelling. I'm going to have to kill somebody tonight, folks. So if you if you hear that Alex Rudd is has gone to jail, was there. it was all in self-defense. Uh, yeah, I'm going highly underrated. I love mowing my yawn. Not yawn, my lawn. <laughs> I love mowing my yawn. Um, I love mowing my lawn. Like, it is probably one of my favorite There's things that I do. On. Dude, yeah, I throw my AirPods in. I put on a Joe Rogan podcast, and I mean, I just go. And I mean, I love, love mowing the grass. Like, it is one of my favorite things to do. Your uh, your yard gets kind of sketchy in some areas, though, doesn't it? Yeah. With the... Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a few sections like I can ride most of it, but then there's there's two big sections I have to use my walk behind on. I do, but I am I'm I got a zero turn skag and a zero turn or and a walk behind skag, so I do have that. And there's a little bit of weed eating, but I use a lot of I use a lot of weed spray, use a lot of weed killer, so I don't have to do much weed eating. But just love so fun yard. fun story. I just cut my grass the other day, and uh, I was getting a little too close to the ditch mm. right by the by the side of the road, and. uh you know, I live in the swamp, so mm-hmm. the ground gave way on the back tire, and I was—I mean, I was almost <laughs> in the ditch, dude. I had one tire in the ditch, the other one was in the air, and the other two was still on. Looked like on Fast semi, and Furious Tokyo Drift going down. down through there. Oh yeah, it was—it was sogged. I, I was able to hop off, and uh, I went and got my neighbor, and he pulled the four wheeler over with a little winch on the four wheeler. They would have pulled me out, dude, but oh, I thought that was it, dude. I did have a sinkhole open up in my yard one day. That's terrifying, dude. So I'm push mowing this little section of my yard and uh dude the ground just gives way under me and next thing I know I am waist deep in the ground and I the first thing that crossed my mind is hell has opened up and it is swallowing me like this is it I'm going down and dude no joke this this hole opens up that's probably 6 foot wide and 6 foot across by 6 foot tall and I could stand up to my nipples in the ground, and I could see under the road, and it was like a like ca- cavernous. It was probably 10, 15 foot deep. And at it, the house right now? Yes, at the house I'm at right now. Like the ground swallowed me, so I like climb up out of the ground. I'm like a nervous wreck. Like I threw my push mower like away from me. Like it was just. I, yeah, scared the crap out of me. So I call the county and I say, "Hey, listen, I've had the sinkhole open up in the yard." And it's like, you know, like it's it's up under the road. Like you're, you're gonna have to come up here and like fix this. Like this is crazy. So they come out here, and this guy like gets down in the hole with a flashlight, and looks around for about ten minutes, and comes walking up there. He goes, "I'll be back here in about you know forty five minutes." They come with an entire tandem load of gravel and like giant like river rock mix, and pour that thing completely full, a full tandem like truck load, like a dump truck load of rock, pour it completely full and empty the entire dump dump truck load of rock into that thing. Went back and got like another half dump load, put it on there and then, you know, threw some more in there. And now the damn thing's getting bigger. Like it's starting to fall in more and there's a, there's a speed limit sign (laughs) that as we've lived here is slowly tilting towards the hole. I'm waiting for the whole thing to just go. 
Like they didn't pump sand or Nothing. anything with the rocks. No. Like to me, you would you would put some rocks in there and then fill the spaces with sand. Or That's something. what I'm saying. But no, they didn't. They That's threw rock in there. I'm just waiting for the whole road to collapse. I really am waiting for it. Like every. Can we have sinkholes here? We have sinkholes here because of all the sandstone. We got a lot of sandstone here. There's a lot yeah. of caves and crap here. So like sinkholes just open up here. Well, I mean, the water table in my backyard is like three inches below the surface. So I don't know if that. Well, there's sinkholes in Florida, though, isn't there? Isn't like Florida a place for sinkholes? Yeah, I do. I do believe they have some, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I, to me, in my mind, a, a sinkhole is you got this underwater stream just eroding something. Mm. I don't know. I didn't do it. It just scared the crap out of me. That was one of the most, yeah. and it was one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen because like how many really times cool if you discovered a, like a dinosaur uh, fossil or, something or a like living that. one, you know, sinkhole opens that up would and be. it's like, Oh God, my face. Yeah. That'd be a good YouTube video. Yeah. It's good content. I found dinosaurs. Hashtag. I found, just di- found a new dinosaur uh, in, was it China? Really? Yeah, it's dude. nothing spectacular. It's like the size of a dog. Well, dude, they find new dinosaurs in China all the time because he's been communist for so long and they won't let him dig over there. Like, yeah. I think they're finding... I, I read a book about this. It was... Um, I forgot what the book title was. It was a really good book, though. Um, but it was talking about dinosaurs. Full of fascinating facts about dinosaurs and things that they've learned about dinosaurs over the years with DNA and different... You know, they do like uh, CT scans of the bones and stuff and find all kinds of stuff. It's rabbit hole number six, by the way. Um, and... Um, they were talking, I think they discover like a new dinosaur species every single day in China or something like that. Wow. Like it's crazy. And, you know, and they're, most of them are small, like you said, like dog size. But like every now and then they'll crack into one and it's like, you know, some something as big as like a T-Rex or whatever. But yeah, dinosaurs were around for a long time before we got here. And so. Yep. I think this dinosaur is just like food for other dinosaurs. Like that was its purpose. It's crazy, dude. Dinosaur, I, that's also something I go. I, I love dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Like that's probably my favorite. Of all the like weird little like things to go down rabbit holes about, I could I love dinosaurs. I've always you loved should, dinosaurs. You should come down here and visit all the dinosaurs because we got a few of them. We got gar, we got alligators, alligators we got, we got turtles, we got fish in the neck. All right, um, underrated, overrated, gimmick lures. So gimmick lures. Let me preface this by saying, what is a gimmick lure? It is a lure that represents a cartoon character, a, a lure that represents some weird forage species that like 99% of the time a bass isn't going to eat. So Savage Gear is a great company that is known for making gimmick lures. Now, some of them actually do work. The little spotter, I had some fun with it. You know, the duck Lunker I've hunt. seen. Yeah, I mean. Lunk- Lunker Hunt has a few of them. Yeah, Lunker Hunt. You know, not Savage Gear, but Lunker Hunt. Yeah, okay. but they, even Savage Gear, they have some like very novelty, gimmicky kind of lures, like their duck, um, like their bat, like those kinds of things, like their giant pike thing that we saw at Highcast, which is actually kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, they're just these that giant. That was awesome. That was awesome. These giant novelty lures, like my my Pikachu lure, wherever it's at, it's it's over there somewhere. But I have the Duo Realis Pikachu lure. Like these novelty kind of gimmicky lures, are they underrated or overrated? Vinny, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, why? Just because I like them. <laughs> not, because I'm, not because they catch fish. Because I like them. Honestly, honestly, I don't know if I've ever caught a fish. On a, I'm, I'm trying to look. I had the spider around here somewhere. I like, no, the cockroach. Uh, but I am guilty of 
being one of those that the lure catches the fisherman mm. and uh, more than the fish. Because I, I, not because you know I think it's going to catch fish. It's just because I like new things. I don't know, like shiny. You know, I don't know. It's like, oh, look, something shiny. I want to play with it. Here's here's my deal with it, and I'm going to go underrated. And let me tell you why I think they're underrated. A lot of people go way overrated. You know, gimmick lures are gimmick lures for a reason. Number one, because they're fun. Because fishing's fun. Fishing is made to be fun. I mean, when you can take something out like the Donald Trump and Joe Biden lure or the Pikachu lure or the spider lure, and you can go catch a fish on it, dude, it's fun. I mean, like, that is what fishing really is all about. Like, you're not picking these lures up to, like, go out and... And like, you know, specifically target giant fish and go try to catch the five biggest fish you can for a tournament. You're picking these lures up to go have fun on them. And so for me, that's a way huge underrated thing is going out and just having fun with fishing lures. The second thing is, is something's a gimmick until you catch a bunch of fish on it. And then it's not a gimmick anymore. (laughs) And so one, one lure that for a long time, I thought it was kind of gimmicky. I thought, man... Like, this just isn't, like, it's a gimmick, was the cicada lures. Until I figured out how many bugs bass actually eat. And when I took out a cicada lure and I caught a 13 and a half, 14 pound bag in the dead of summer on a lake where you don't catch a 13 pound bag in the dead of summer in the middle of the day throwing a cicada lure that was that big that you literally just, like, sit there and twitched on top of the water and you would watch these three pounders swim off a tree and suck it under i realized this isn't a gimmick this is actually like a real thing and so for me that's what makes it underrated i mean it's just like that pikachu lure i mean dude that thing could i could get on a bite on that thing and like wear all the color off of it if you're on the right spot at the right time and it works i mean it's only a gimmick until it starts working really really well and then it's not a gimmick much anymore Man, that gives me ideas for videos. I'm gonna have to get some gimmick lures and go see how many redfish want to eat them. Well, dude, that's the thing with like that's what I was gonna ask you is like in the salt in the salt realm because I don't keep up with as much as I do the fresh realm. Are there gimmick lures? And then like with redfish, dude, they'll eat about damn near anything. When redfish are doing their thing, they'll eat just about anything you put in front of them. Yeah, and that makes it fun. My issue uh, with like doing that with bass around here is we don't have where I fished. I mean, in Louisiana, there are big bass, but in, in the brackish water and in the, in the marshes, I mean, if you get a three pound bass, you're looking at, I mean, that's a solid bass, you know? So I'm kind of, I'm kind of limited or maybe just not as confident with some of those lures because I'm not dealing with bigger bass. So like if I got that cockroach lure, that's this big, the chances of something actually smashing that is, is a little bit less than maybe where you're at. Yeah. But, the, but like redfish, I think I can get redfish to bite the the roach. They'll take a swipe at it, whether or not I'll hook them or not. It might be a different story. Yeah, that's kind of the but, problem with a redfish is like mouth on the bottom of their face. They got to kind of come up and get stuff. Like top top water lures, like I prefer lures that that back kind of will sit down. That treble hook will sit down a little bit further because their mouths are more towards the bottom of their mouth. I mean, they're they're made for going around and scooping up crabs and stuff off the bottom. Uh, bottom of the water where bass is kind of like made for hitting that top water you know that's like another thing people think like crap you know like a lot of people look at saltwater lures and then they would consider them gimmicky for freshwater 
But there's certain bodies of water where like bass eat crabs. And so it's yep. not a gimmick to go there and use that tool. But then even here, like I, I need to get some like crabs, you know, like some like crab soft plastics and throw them around here and just see what bass do with them. I mean, because it would be something completely different than they've ever seen before. It's a completely different shape, a completely different, you know, like signature in the water. I mean, but it's still just a creature, you know, because like what does a freaking brush hog look like? It doesn't look yeah. like anything. It's just a thing in the water with a bunch of movement and they eat it. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if it's something they've never seen before, you have a pressured lake and you throw a crab lure in there, they're going to probably scoop it up, see what it tastes like. Mm. I mean, they sell those little, uh, I think Chase Baits has uh, a lot of little crabs. But you get them little, I don't know, little sand crab looking things yeah. and drag one across a rock. I guarantee you, bass will eat that. Oh, I guarantee you. Wrong I mean, because. And like, go ahead. And like you were saying, fishing's fun. Yeah. So you, these gimmicky lures are fun. And it, it, if you if you doubt that, in any way, go look in your tackle box. Tell me how many different swim baits you have. Tell me how many different worms you have. Tell, yeah. me, tell me if you even need all that. I guarantee you, I can go out there and catch fish with a swim bait. One brand of swim bait, give me a couple of different colors, and I can go catch fish. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, because you take a swim bait, you can fish it just like a worm. You can drag it across the bottom. You can jig it. You can swim it. You can catch fish on it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, certain times other things work better, but you don't need all the stuff that we have. Yeah. But well, and here's another aspect of this, and, and this is going to get some feathers ruffled, and I love it. That's good. I think the JDM market as a whole, that there's a lot of what a lot of people would consider gimmicky kind of stuff. I mean, because like that that cube with the little hairs coming off of it, well, there's nothing quite like a cube with hairs run through it. And, and that sounds like something you probably don't want to have growing out of your body or anywhere, probably near your body. It kind of scares me to be totally honest with you. Definitely wouldn't ingest it. But if you do ingest it and you have to end up going to the hospital or to the doctor, you want to make sure that you have good insurance when you're in those places because it can get so expensive so quickly. And if you don't have good insurance coverage, you can literally break yourself. Well, for me, when I started content creation full-time, one of the things that always held me back was good health insurance and affordable health insurance with the coverage that I needed. And that all changed when I met Matt Phillips over at First Choice Insurance. Matt sat down with me. He showed me a policy that gave me all the coverage that I needed without breaking the bank and made it where it was feasible for me to go full-time with content creation because I wasn't paying two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a month that some of these policies want for just kind of subpar sucky coverage on my health insurance. Matt set me down. He gave me a policy that gave me all the coverages that I needed at an affordable price and helped me to go full time and be able to afford my health insurance. And so if you're in that boat, if you're looking for health insurance, home insurance, car insurance, I mean, hell, if you need to insure a zebra, Matt Phillips and First Choice Insurance can do that for you. If you give Matt Phillips a call at 573-686-2870, he will sit down with you. He will go through all of your insurance coverage needs, and he will tell you the policy that fits you best at the budget that you give to him. And the thing about Matt is he's a family man. He's probably just like you, just like me. He's got a family to take care of. He understands that things are expensive, life is expensive, and that insurance doesn't need to be expensive while still giving you everything that you need. So give Matt Phillips a call. First Choice Insurance. Again, that's 573-686-2870, or you can go on Facebook, search up First Choice Insurance, and it will pop up. Now, let's uh, talk about this hairy cube dust thing that all these Japanese people are raving about and has come to America and got everybody's attention that really probably is a gimmick. I don't know. We're going to get into it. Enjoy this. Dude, this, that's like a, it's, it's just like a gimmick. I mean, it, I mean, like, literally, let me look this thing. I forget what this It's dice something. Dice. Uh, 
It's like a hairy, what the hell is that thing? Somebody give me the name of it so I can Google it real quick. I always forget the damn thing. It's called like Harry Dice or something like that. I mean, but like in like, even like, you know, Gramps has said the Megabass I-Wing. I mean, dude, it's just like a freaking, it's so big and like crazy looking. I mean, there's so many JDM things that are like that that you see. It's like a Harry Cube. Yeah, what's the thing called? Dice Rubber. Thank you. They, I knew I knew Brown Baitco would get that one. Uh, dice Rubber. Let's see here. Let's think. Yeah, so... Let me get this thing pulled up here, and I'm going to pull it up. And let me describe it for you guys listening. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, For you guys listening on on podcast version, if you've not seen a dice rubber, imagine um, literally a a cube, like a a dice with hair sticking out all over it. Like um, it looks like jig skirt material that has been, you know, like strung through it with a needle. And so, like. Here's the deal. You look at this thing right here, and, 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 and to me, that looks like a gimmick, but in, you know, hold on, why, why, what, are, what are we doing here? Yes, there we go. That's what I want. But, like, when you look at this thing, <laughs> that looks like a gimmick to me, but that catches fish, and there's people that are spending an, an absurd, absurd amount of money on that to go out and buy that. And I think for a lot of, like, the JDM market, I think that, it's almost like a gimmick. And I'm not saying they're gimmicky lures. I'm just saying it's almost more like a novelty. Like people collect more in the JDM market than they actually use. And I think that, that that's the thing is like, even with this, like I'm sure this catches fish and it also proves that fish will eat about anything. And, or it proves my theory that fish eat a lot more bugs than I think they do, because I think more than anything that looks like a bug. I mean, it looks like a granddaddy long legs or a spider or, or some sort of little critter bug that's fallen out of a tree. That's what that looks like to me. And so, yeah. I'm going to have to get me a pack of these. Yeah, I do. I, I want some. Uh, I think, oh, you, it, I think you rig it just like weightless. Um, I think they're like, I think you can get salted versions and non salted versions, but I believe the salted versions, you get them and you just run a hook through them just like you would a wacky rig. Just run it somewhere through the bait and then you throw it around and it just floats around out there and, and the I fish eat it. Would eat that. Oh, I mean, dude, I bet a thousand different things would eat that. I mean, it's crazy to me they're all out of stock. How much are they how, on here? How big is it? Twenty five bucks. How many do I get for twenty five dollars? Lord, well, eBay had them for like eight bucks, but I don't know how many. Uh, how big is it? That is a great question. I don't know. Um, so it's point five. So it's half an inch. Oh, half I guess it's inch. half an inch wide, and weighs one point seven grams. How, how, what is half that in American? One seven grams to ounces. Uh, so it weighs. Uh, a fifth Dude, of an ounce, tiny. like it's weighs nothing. That is tiny. Yeah, and so, like, dude, I don't know. I mean, it's wild. Like that. See, and that's the thing to me. Like I think a lot of the times when you're dealing with like a lot of the JDM market and it makes people a little bit mad, you're dealing with a novelty thing. You know, it's like a novelty or a gimmick, and people more collect inside that novelty and inside that gimmick than they do to actually go out and catch fish on a lot of the stuff that they're talking about because a lot of the stuff that works in Japan works here the same. I mean, you can only make a crawl so many ways. You can only make a stick bait so many ways. You can only make a little turd so many ways. You can only make a crankbait so many ways. And yes, there's there's specificities within each. Like Duo Realis makes some fantastic hard baits that you just don't get some of those features in other baits. But all at the same time, I think some of these weirder things are just novelties. Collectibles, if you will. Yeah. I always wanted to try the uh, dragonfly. Uh, dragonfly? Yeah. Oh, I've seen bass eat dragonflies. I have too. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got, seen them only yeah. eat dragonflies in one one of these ponds in Lafayette. Yep. 
I, I got on a bite one time with a spro frog in Killer Gill, and because it, it was the only frog that I had in the box that had purple on it, and all the dragonflies was purple and blue, and all the dragonflies that were flying around this this one area of the lake were purple and blue dragonflies. They come out when the grass grows up around here. Only color that they would eat, and I I know because those dragonflies would land on top of those mats, and you would see their little wings would be going like this, and that mat would just be moving, and bass would come up and eat them. So I threw that frog in there, and me and Dad figured this bite out. I kind of figured it out first, and I turned down until you throw that frog in there, and you wouldn't like do big twitches or big drags. You would like shimmy it, and it just yeah. like, you like like scoot it just little like segments at a time where you do like that shimmy thing, and dude, they would smoke it because I think they thought it was a dragonfly. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, dude, it's protein field. You know, people say you eat bugs for protein. I mean, that's probably worth a bass's energy to smoke you know if they can eat 15 dragonflies for the same amount of energy they expend to eat one bluegill they're probably going to do it i'm gonna have to try dragonflies yeah so chocolate yeah <laughs> i'd have had uh i've had so i will tell you this there's people out there that want us to start eating bugs to help the save the environment screw those people i have had chocolate crickets they're never going to replace a, a steak for me i'm going to keep on eating my cows how would that save the environment? I don't know. They say something about cows farting creates methane. Oh, yeah, 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 cow farts. Yeah, that's yeah. dangerous stuff. Yeah, that Jim Cow. Although I, do, I don't think I'm going to survive global warming because uh, it's freaking hot. I, I do have to say this is the first year in a long time that um, the whole climate change thing is starting to seem a little bit more real than maybe it is yeah. in years past. Dude, like we're in, we like we finish a heat wave and then it, it'll rain. Like it'll go into that summer pattern here for like two days where it'll yeah. rain in the evenings and then we're back into this drought with, uh, like I think we're, I think we've got a hundred degrees coming up in a couple of days. Yeah. Where that's our high. It's like, geez, dude. It, it, it's, I mean, it was 97 here today. Like, dude, it's, yeah. it's hot. Like, and it's hot in a way that I'm, I don't. Rem- I mean, I remember heat like this, but I don't remember heat like this like setting in and staying for this long. Like right. it was like one or two days. It was like last year. Like we had a period of like two, three weeks where it was like zero to ten degrees in East Tennessee. Dude, it doesn't do that. And, it, and like it was so cold to the point that the TVA was doing rolling blackouts to keep up with the power demand. And I mean, dude, that's not. We don't do that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But. My mom and my dad and my papa will tell you stories about like, you know, giant snowstorms that we used to have too. And it used to be, you know, zero degrees for like three weeks. So maybe it's just a cyclical thing. You know, maybe we're going into a a cycle of of warm weather or whatever it is. Yeah. We got, we got that humidity down here too. That's, I mean, we like to say it's that air you could wear. You you walk outside and it feels like Satan kicks you in the chest, even at six o'clock in the morning. All right. So I got one more. This isn't even on the list, but we're going to underrated, overrated, underrated, overrated summer. Oh, it's completely overrated. Yeah. I freaking hate summer. Yeah. So like, there's so many country songs about summer. There's so many songs about summer. There's so many songs about ooh summer nights and can't wait to get on no. the lake with my buddies and drink beer. Can't dude, you can't sit in a boat when it's 97 degrees outside and 100 percent humidity and drink a beer and be comfortable at all. You can't even be comfortable in the water because the water's 85 the degrees. Yeah, it sucks. Summer's not fun. Like, well, why don't we summer- write songs about fall and spring? Why do we always write songs about summer? Summer stopped being fun when I graduated high school. When when I was summer was only cool because we got out of school for a couple months. After that, no, no, thank you. I can't hunt anything in the summertime. In the wintertime, in the fall, winter, 
I can go hunting. I can go fishing the next day, depending on how what I feel like, how the weather is. There's more things to do. I can put more clothes on to warm up. I can't take enough clothes off to cool down. I mean, it's just, it's just summer stupid. Summer stupid. I don't like summer. I I, I, I dread summer all springs, and then when it gets here, I don't like it. And then when it finally leaves, I mean, dude, I heard the other day on TikTok, I was scrolling through TikTok and someone posted, it was uh, just a soundbite from SEC game day. And they said, here before too long, we're going to have a pot of chili on on the stove. SEC game day is going to be on the TV and we're going to be wearing sweatshirts and having bonfires. And I literally, it hurt my chest and a tear rolled down my eye. And let me tell you something, the first day, and I put this on Instagram the other day, the first day that I can wear a sweatshirt all day in a pair of shorts comfortably and go catch fish on a frog, I may sit down on the bottom of my boat and, and grown man cry. All right. Like it's not a joke. And I may I may grown man cry for a couple reasons. But yeah, I mean so like Chris Chris Mitchell says and the mosquitoes, dude, let me tell you what. Y'all got them dinosaurs down there, bro. bro that, that should be our different. state bird. All right. You you will get carried away by the mosquitoes down here. And then like right, right now, so I lived probably about 10, not even 10 miles from here before I moved down, down to on the actual body. I used to live in a little suburb a little further up. Mosquitoes are bad enough. You know, when it get dark, you can't sit outside right at, at sundown because mm-hmm. that's when they all come out. And eventually it got a little better here, dude. So during the day, you, like got, <laughs> you got deer flies, right? The deer flies are everywhere yeah. by you during the day. Yeah. Then it gets to that point where it's finally getting a little cool enough to where you can actually go outside, not melt. You can still breathe. There's the freaking gnats come out, oh, the and they're just chewing Y'all you Y'all got them, them biting gnats and little bitty, yes. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, the little marsh gnats, yeah. dude. Them things will tear you up. So those start biting, and then you're like, oh, crap. I you know, finally get out here when it's cooled off. And then the gnats stop. You're like, oh, i got a break. And as soon as the gnats stop, start, I mean, stop, the mosquitoes... I'm no lie. I'll go let the dog out when we finish this podcast. I'll, by the time I make it down to the stairs, I will swat my ankle and kill five of them in one spot. Oh, yeah. I got, a, I got a picture I need to send you after this. Actually, I don't know. Let me see if I can pull it up, and I'll describe it to everybody listening on podcast form, and I'll show it to everybody here. It was me in a tournament the other day, and I did not realize how bad the mosquitoes were. And and so like, I, we, got on the, we got on the water before daylight, and as I'm – like the sun's coming up and I'm catching fish, I look down at my feet and there are black dots all over my feet. And I realize, oh my God, I'm covered in mosquitoes. So this is, uh, this is the, uh, this is like the third fish of the day. <laughs> and that is where I smacked mosquitoes that were, they were sucking on me and I'm covered in my own blood. There's blood on the fish that is not the fishes, mind you. It is still mine. There's blood everywhere in the kayak because I smacked like five mosquitoes that were absolutely just munching on my legs. But yeah, dude, mosquitoes. I and and especially mosquitoes. when Bill Gates is just putting a bunch of, you know, malaria-ridden mosquitoes down in Florida and Texas and wherever else he put them, and then they're going to come up with a malaria vaccine that apparently they've already approved. And, you know, when malaria okay. spreads across America and they don't take Speaking hydroxychloroquine to get rid of the malaria, and instead they just give you a vaccine, they'll make more money off of us. Did I say all that out loud just then? I, have, I don't even know what you just said. Yeah. So, and no, you're right, 100%, dark musk xx kayak fishing is totally overrated i don't i mean listen dude i like kayak fishing i enjoy kayak fishing but when i can sit down and i can turn that 250 over and i can 
drive down the lake about 60 mile an hour yeah it's the difference of taking your truck and taking your motorcycle yep i say that all the time because when i brought my kayak my buddies are like i mean i got my boat my buddies are like dude you might as well sell a kayak you're never going to use it no no i still use it it's it's a different it's completely different checkers and checks checkers and chess it's 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 played on the same board completely different game and i do i do i enjoy kayak fishing i enjoy kayak tournaments fishing especially because it it drives me to be a better angler period end and stop if you've never fished in a kayak before you need to because it will make you a better angler it makes you a better caster it makes you a better person to um um like like look at an area so like when you're in your kayak you can't sit down and go to the another area quickly and so like i've taken areas and figured out bites in areas and figured out things about areas that i never knew before because i was forced to stay there for eight hours and catch fish you know what well, I mean? To be honest with you, I got to do that in my boat because my boat doesn't go no more than 24, 25 miles an hour. <laughs> so when I, when I, I'll go look at the map and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this little section here. So I'm going to go to this launch. Yeah. Because if I go to that launch, I only got this much area that I can run to. And yes, I am a conspiracy theorist and I've read a lot of articles. Not yeah, that many, yeah, maybe too many. I'm probably on Perhaps a government, I'm definitely on a government watch list. I'll just tell you that right now. There have been things said on this podcast in public that have pretty much got me on a government watch list answer the question about the boat i sold the express because i hated it and i decided to buy a strip club and so i needed a fifty thousand down dollar down payment on the strip club and so i sold the boat because i hated it and i bought that strip club and i got it up and running now i'm calling it the pumpkin patch we do c-section wednesdays down there only our all our strippers have c-section scars and i mean it's a, it is a great place you need to come on down it's uh which reminds me my new name is candy and um that's right. On Thursdays. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we, uh, we'll do Magic Mike Fridays and Vinny is our main talent. It's uh, only small talent, but it's talent. Um, but yeah. So no, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I sold the boat. The boat's gone. Um, what rabbit hole are we on? Oh, seven. Um, the, we had a really nice man who actually bought the, bought the boat from me and, uh, he was really awesome. So he's got the boat now. I hope he's enjoying it and loving it. I do have another boat. I'm going to get it rigged Tuesday, and you guys will see what boat that is. And uh, it's a boat you guys have seen before. So, but no, dude, seriously, I love my Express. It really, it really was. I love that boat. That was totally a joke. I, I really did love the Express. Fantastic boat, rode wonderfully. I mean, I would have never got rid of that boat if it wasn't for the opportunity to come up with this new boat. Um, and it'll say new to me because it's not a brand new boat. Don't think that I'm getting a brand new a brand new boat. I'm getting a new to me boat, but not new to me all at the same time. You guys will see it. You guys will see what it is. I'll have some videos coming out on it real, real soon. But uh, no, do seriously come down the strip club if you get a chance. Call the pumpkin <laughs> patch of uh, any small talent on Fridays. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, on that note, I, uh, I, think we're, I think we're done. Vinny, do you want to be done, buddy? It's up to you, man. I think I'm, it's I think, your podcast. Uh, it is my podcast. I mean, we could go on about strip clubs. We could overrate and underrate strip clubs, even though I've never been in one. I'm never going into one either. So, Vinny, ever been in a strip club? Overrated. Overrated. Yeah. That was a previous life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Strip clubs have always scared me because I feel like you get shot in a strip club, stabbed in a strip club, or get something you'll never be able to get rid of in a strip club. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. You guys are uh, awesome. And as always, you guys are sweet. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome. I have exercised the demon. 